invite you to turn in your Bibles. The New Testament commentary on Psalm 11 is from Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24. That's on page 812 of your pew Bibles. Matthew 7, verse 24. Hear God's word. This is Jesus teaching. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. Uh, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we, we thank you for the unfailing promises of your word that are yea and amen in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that Christ is that solid rock. Thank you that Christ is our Savior, Savior of sinners. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work within our hearts today, Lord, giving us tender hearts, teachable spirits, open ears. Lord, be growing us in our love for Jesus. And we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. I invite you to keep your Bibles open, though, to Psalm 11. That's the sermon text for today, Psalm 11. It's on page 452 of your pew Bibles. Considering uh, this theme today, a psalm of firm faith for 2022. About this time of year, you look in the news, on the Internet, they have the year in review. You know, when you think back to the year in review for 2021, we might think, you know, here in Opelousas, we might think of things like a a Category 4 hurricane, Ida, that first struck Port Fouchon here in Louisiana, August 29th. Thinking of other regions in our country, the tornadoes that ripped through Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi, Uh, December 9th and 10th, you know, we've recently witnessed a rise in the spread of the Omicron variant of COVID. You know, we've struggled with inflation, and I'm sure that will continue, and supply shortages. And you think of the year in review not only for, for our country, but you think globally, You know, there are crises still in Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Ukraine, Haiti, uh, to name just a few. 
And so the question before us is this, how then should Christians respond you know, to these trials of faith? You know, I believe there are only two responses to the circumstances around us, whether you're a, a Christian or a non-Christian. You know, we, we either live in fear or we live in faith in, in the Lord. You know, on this Lord's Day, 2022, And uh, don't ever forget those letters A.D. You know what they stand for, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. 2022 is the year of our Lord. You can tell that to others around you uh, who are fretting and fussing about things. Praise the Lord that we can still gather together, safely gather together for holy and hopeful worship on the Lord's Day. Thank the Lord as well that he calls us to a firm faith. That was his call to King David. There in Psalm 11, it's still his call to us today. And as we study Psalm 11, we'll see that in every trial, may my faith rest firmly on a faithful Lord. You know, what does Psalm 11 teach us about a firm faith? We'll see that there's a fearful crisis of faith in the opening verses, then a full confidence of faith, and David, God himself, closes there with a firm consolation of faith. But it it begins with a, a fearful crisis of faith. Before we get into that, look at the superscription here of Psalm 11. You know, it's to to the choir master, to the worship leader, to the song leader. Uh, This was a psalm for worship. It was to be sung by God's people as they gathered together to sing God's praises. That's why it was uh, great to be able to sing Psalm 11 together this morning. It's to the choir master. And it's of David. You know, Psalm of David. You know, just think for half a moment, New York Minute, about David. Son of Jesse, shepherd out in the field, courageous soldier, chosen king of Judah and Israel, a repentant sinner, a man of faith in the Lord, a man in the line and lineage of Christ himself. You know, and he begins there you know, with, with this truth, this confession of faith. Look there in, in your Bibles. In the Lord I take refuge. You know, that, that title there, the, those first few words are there for emphasis. In the Lord. You know, the, the Lord is front and center in the midst of all the struggles of life. You know, in the Lord I take refuge, or if you have a King James, in the Lord put I my trust. You know, it, it's in the Lord. You know, note there, it's, it's all capital letters. If you've been around here, Hope Church, for any length of time, you know that that refers to Jehovah, Yahweh, our, our faithful covenant-keeping God. The God who is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of David, our God as well. You know, in the Lord, I take refuge. Note there, it's a personal confession of faith. 
David doesn't say, well, you know, my mom and dad believed in the Lord, and I'm going to ride on their coattails. In the Lord, I take refuge. It's a personal faith in a faithful God. You know, this opening declaration of David's genuine and grounded trust in the Lord sets the tone here for this treasured psalm. This confession of faith stays on David's lips and in his heart, even to the end of his life. You know, hear this, Second Samuel 22, David's song just before his death. 2 Samuel 22, reading the first four verses, And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He, that is David, said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. There's the phrase, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. That, That profession of faith was always on David's lips. In the Lord, I take refuge. You know, David did not trust primarily in his sling nor his sword nor in chariots or horses. His trust was in the Lord. I'm not a a New Year's resolution maker. Tried a few times. Wish I could be like Jonathan Edwards in in that. Uh, But Matthew Henry writes this about that opening phrase. Here is David's fixed resolution to make God his confidence. You know, if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, this would be a good one. In the Lord, I take refuge. You know, to to keep that in your mind and in your heart. Whatever this new year might bring in God's providence. But there, you know, David begins with this confession of faith. Now we begin to see the fearful crisis of faith. It it seems that David was uh, surrounded by a faithless council of quote-unquote friends, sort of like Job's friends. You know, David received unhelpful and unholy counsel from his friends. They sought to speak into his soul, look at 1B, how can you say to my soul? You know, they, they, they were saying, David, come on, open your eyes, look around you. You're in a crisis here. And what's their counsel to David? You know, pragmatic advice is what some people might call it. You know, first they say, David, flee like a bird to your mountain. You know, run for the hills, David. Hide. You know, from, from all the stress of society, cultures collapsing around you, you know, David, you know the hills, you know that cave of Adullam, you know all the strongholds. David, just, you know, run and hide till you die or the Lord comes again. The Reformation Study Bible notes that David is, quote, being advised to find salvation elsewhere than in God. You know, that's a serious sin. Now these faithless friends seek to add the element of fear 
to the arguments. Look there at verse 2. Almost as if David is facing another Goliath. They call David's foes wicked. You know, David, look at what the wicked are doing around you. Don't you read the news, David? You know, the, the wicked, you know, and it's a step by step. You know, and for those of you who are archers, you would understand it better. First, they're bending the bow. They're getting ready to put that, that string on. You know, it's a war bow. You know, they fitted the arrow to the string. You know, they're, they're locked and loaded, David. And add another element there, verse 2, they, they shoot in the dark. You know, they're, they're snipers is what we sang. You know, they're, they, they're attacking under cover of darkness. Or another way of looking at it is, you know, new moon when, it, when it's pitch black out there. You know, these evil enemies are shooting at the upright in heart. You know, we still have real enemies out there, God's enemies. You know, it's not a, a call to accommodation here. You know, beware of the, the foes of the faith all, all around us. The attack of hateful and hurtful Enemies, and, and not just military attack, you know, not, you know, just uh, you ought to have a, you know, a pistol with you. Hear this from Psalm 64, uh, verses 3 and 4. Psalm 64, speaking of the, the enemies who wet their tongues like swords, who aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from ambush at the blameless shooting at him suddenly and without fear. That, that's what we need to be aware of. You know, those who are, are shooting those hurtful, hateful words at, at God's people, how will we respond, you know, in faith? And then verse 3, you know, still this fearful crisis of faith. You, you hear this verse often. If the foundations, if the pillars are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know, a few things to note about this. This is being said by David's quote-unquote friends. You know, this is their perception of, of reality around them. You know, the, you know, the world's collapsing around us. You know, heard this morning in Sunday school, end of Christendom. You know, might, might as well give up or settle into despair. You know, if the foundation's pillars are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know, unless we think that's a 2021 question or 2022 question uh, in his commentary on Psalms, Dr. Jim Boyce uh, quoted Arno C. Gabelin, who was a pastor, Old Testament scholar, who wrote in 1939, you know, you do the math, and this was his question. This is the burning question of our day. It was true in 1939, still true here in 2022. If the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know, what are the spiritual foundations that Psalm 11 verse 3 is referring to. Some would say, well, it refers to cultural foundations. 
or moral foundations or political foundations. You know, but, it, but if we look at it in context, not only here in Psalm 11, but in Psalms and all of Scripture, I believe it refers to the foundations of our faith in God. And faith in the inspired, inerrant, and infallible word of God. Holy Scriptures. You know, go back to Genesis chapter 3. What was Satan's strategy against Adam and Eve? Hath God said? You know, God's word doesn't say that. He, He wanted them to doubt God's word. Basically, he was asking, you know, the question of, you know, Adam and, and in turn Eve. You know, if the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? David, you know, Adam, give up. And you know the rest of uh, that scriptural account. You know, but, but even, you know, in, in the church today, you know, church, and I use the term loosely, there are those who turn from the truth of Scripture. They're selective in their use of Scripture, or they think, well, that's not what it really says. They teach on biblical notions about abortion, homosexual sin. They forsake their foundations. You know, that's why we faithfully proclaim. Psalm 40, verse 8, every Sunday, we can say it again. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. You know, when people around us, even in the church, are saying, well, if the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? This, this is your biblical response. You know, the word of our God stands forever. You know, Alec Motier put it this way in his commentary on the Psalms. All the old certainties are gone. Nothing is secure or stable. You can't tell how things will be from one day to another. Good way to describe uh, our, our world today. You know, what then can the righteous do? Will we live in fear? Flee to the mountains? Or will we live by faith? Will we profess clearly, compassionately, in the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I put my trust. But note, secondly here in Psalm 11, verses 4 and following, there is a full confidence of faith. You know, again, we see that that title, that name, the Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven. You know, who's in control of this world around us? You know, not the media, not Satan. You know, the the Lord is still in the heavens. The Lord is still on his throne. You know, when you go through Psalm 11, I encourage you to, to meditate upon this. You know, in the, in the days, weeks ahead, you know, the, the, that title, Lord, is used five times in seven verses. And then if you were at the pronouns there, 
You know, it is used 13 times in seven verses. You know, you, you begin to see what, what the psalmist is focusing on, the, the Lord. Our faith is in the Lord. We, we can have confidence first in the Lord's holy residence. The Lord is in his holy temple or heavenly temple. Remember, David is writing this. It's before his son Solomon builds the temple there in Jerusalem. And the psalmist here, David, wants us to, to remember, you know, that, that, that God is in his temple. He, he is a holy God. He is a righteous God. He is a just God, a merciful God. And we are sinners, Not only is David a sinner, but that applies to to you and to me. The Lord is in his holy temple. It reminds us that we only come to God by faith in Jesus Christ, our great high priest. We have confidence in the Lord's residence. We have confidence in the Lord's heavenly reign. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Still love to study scripture, and it's amazing how how God you know, has that scarlet cord through, throughout all of scripture. We read the Lord's throne is in heaven. You know, hear this, Acts 7, verse 49. You can turn there, Acts 7, verse 48, and following, this is Stephen's speech before he is martyred. Not a speech, really, it's a sermon. Acts 7, verse 48, Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, or what is the place of my rest? You know, and even there, Stephen is quoting Isaiah 66. So you see it there in Acts 7, 49, Psalm 11, verse 4, Isaiah 66. You know, it's a vital truth. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Washington's throne is not in heaven. Baton Rouge is not in heaven. Opelousas throne is not in heaven. It's the Lord's throne who is in heaven. Who's in charge in 2022? The Lord. The Lord is sovereign. You know, the Lord our God rules over all the kings and kingdoms of this world. And it's personal. Look again at verse 4. The Lord sees You know, he's not asleep. The Lord never slumbers or sleep. The Lord sees our need. His eyelids test the children of man. It's a difficult phrase there, but basically, without belittling God, you know, God squints. You ever squint? Man, I can't see that. I don't have my glasses. I want to see it clearly. You know, nothing escapes the Lord's sight. You know, the Lord's throne is in heaven. 
Take it a step further. Our confidence in the Lord's holy residence, our confidence in the Lord's heavenly reign, our confidence in the Lord's sovereign testing. Verse 5. You know, the Lord tests the righteous. Yeah, we, we do go through those trials of faith. You know, they, they, they come through the hands of a sovereign God who loves us in Christ, those, those nail-pierced hands. The Lord tests the righteous. You know, we go through trials and tribulations, you know, to refine our faith, to grow us in our grace and knowledge and love. Just to give you one scripture verse, First Peter, well, two verses, First Peter 1, 6 and 7. First Peter 1, 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Verse 7. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Lord tests the righteous. We will be tested in 2022. We're not in glory yet. And it's a good thing. You know, it's the Lord who tests us in his providence, and he does it with a purpose and a plan. So that we would come forth as gold. So a confidence in the Lord's holy residence, his heavenly reign, his sovereign testing. Look at the last part of verse 5 and 6. Confidence in the Lord's righteousness. His just judgment. These are hard verses. Especially for unrepentant sinners. His, the Lord's soul, hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. You know, that's a strong word there. And no way of of diminishing that. His soul hates the wicked. O. Palmer Robertson put it this way. Hatred may seem to be a strong word, but it is in Scripture. God hates lovers of violence. Take it a step further. He righteously hates the sin, and he hates the sinner, the unrepentant sinner. Often today we hear that, well, God, you know, hates the sin, but he doesn't hate the sinner. Well, the unrepentant sinner, you know, according to the word of God, God hates the sin. And to the unrepentant sinner, until they are trusting in Christ, And the psalmist takes it even a step further. Look at verse 6. He will righteously rain down what Ralph Davis calls a raging retribution on the wicked. You know, two, two scriptures to keep in mind here. I know we've been going through scripture, you know, but, but think of Sodom and Gomorrah. But then hear Jesus' words in Luke chapter 17, verse 28. You know, lest we think, well, that was just an Old Testament God. Hear what Jesus said. 
about raining down retribution. Luke 17, verse 28. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. You know, God's judgment is certain on the unrepentant. You know, but we can still have that, that full confidence of faith, a, a firm faith in Christ. I'm not going to preach two sermons today, but encourage you to, to look again at the passage read at the beginning of the message, Matthew seven twenty four through 29. Familiar parable of Jesus, the wise man, foolish man. You know, the wise man built his house upon the solid foundation of the rock. His confidence rested in Christ, the solid rock. His house stood fast in the rain, the floods, the winds of life. You know, it did not fall. That's not just a parable. That's a gospel truth. And then Jesus contrasts that with the foolish man. And you, you know the account there in Scripture. You know, and how did Jesus end that parable? We often skip over these words. I know I have Matthew 7, verse 28. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Great amazement, wonder. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. This is the message our world desperately needs today. You're going to live by faith or fear. Will you build your life upon Christ, the solid rock? Or, or will you build your life on sand? Two choices, two options here. You know, here Psalm 11 calls Christians to a full confidence of faith in the Lord, his holiness, his sovereignty, his justice, his grace to us in Christ. He calls us to build our lives on the sure foundation of his word and on the sacrificial love of Christ at the cross. Full confidence. So fearful crisis, full confidence of faith. Finally, verse 7, the firm consolation of faith. It's a biblical masterpiece here in in Psalm 11. You know, a, a beautiful biblical bookend here. In the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I put my trust. But here in verse 7, we hear even more glorious reasons, more gracious reasons, proof, you know, why we can put our trust in, in in our Lord who loves us in Christ. You know, for the Lord is righteous. You know, the Lord our God is holy. He sovereignly reigns over us. He tests the righteous. He hates the wicked. You know, the Lord's righteousness consoles us as his beloved children. 
There's a verse later in Psalms, you know, that says the Lord is righteous and he is kind in all of his works. So those two go hand in hand. The Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. You know, we're not saved by our own good works. That's not what is being taught here in Psalm 11, verse 7. We're saved by the gracious work of Christ on the cross. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 puts it this way. 1 Peter 3, 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. The Lord is righteous. The Lord loves righteous deeds, and it's referring to Christ, his righteousness, his righteous deed for us, dying for our sins there on the cross of Calvary. Derek Kidner put it this way, the foundations of righteousness are none other than his nature and will, what he is and what he loves. You know, and then that final promise. You know, as we're looking ahead to 2022, two days in, you know, my dad used to tell the joke, you know, they saw, my dad had a different sense of humor. I may have gotten some of his. They saw a man falling off a skyscraper in New York City. My dad worked in New York City for a while. And as he passed by each floor, someone would ask the man, well, how are you doing? And he said, so far, so good. You know, and, and, you know, it may be a way that we're looking at 2022, so far, so good. We're two days in. I've got a plan. But what's God's plan? What's God's purpose? The upright shall see his face. We'll, by God's grace, one day behold him in all of his grace and all of his glory. You know, look at that last verse of Psalm 11. You know, we see this often with a, a psalm set to music. They, they add a line that reminds us of, of Christ. But look at that last phrase. There, it's in our bulletin. The Lord will send judgment and pour out hot coals or all the ungodly his scorching wind rolls. Now hear this, the Lord ever righteous, his justice portrays. By grace, all the upright will look on his face. You know, by God's grace to us in Christ. You know, here on this first Sunday of 2022, let me close by asking, you know, each one of us a a few questions. Asking myself these questions, too. You know, how should Christians prepare for the pending trials of faith? We're here at the beginning, water's edge of 2022. A few ways. You know, do we look back with fondness upon the good old days? Oh, I wish it were like when I was a child or back in the 50s or when Ronald Reagan was president, whatever it might be. 
You know, do we prepare for flight to the mountains? You know, better have our bags packed, better be ready. We may need to escape. You know, do we look around us at fear, at the fierceness of our foes? You know, just shaking, finding it difficult to go to sleep at night, wake up in the morning. Or, here scripture says we are to fix our eyes on in faith upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author, the pioneer, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God. You know, here in 2022, let me encourage you to regularly return to the word of God. That's why it's important to to spend time, invest time every day in God's word, God's promises. This world is not our home. You know, God's preparing us for glory. Spend time reading Psalm 11. You know, memorize it. Meditate upon it as you face fearful trials. But we as Christians, too, can be rejoicing. You know, here at the beginning of 2022, in the Lord I take refuge. What better place? Where else can we go? The Lord has the words of eternal life. In the Lord I put my trust. In the Lord who loves me in Christ. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, you know the struggles, the anxieties, the fears that can grip our hearts and minds. And Lord, it's our humble and our holy prayer, heartfelt prayer, that in this year, Lord, that we with David will gladly, graciously declare, in the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I put my trust. Lord, thank you that we can trust in a trustworthy God who loves us in Christ, who calls us to live by faith, who will one day bring us home to glory, where we will behold the Lord Jesus Christ face to face, and may we be found ready and faithful. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.